Hi, I'm Tuha and I'm the host of We Make It Work. Every week I have a guest who talks about how they work flexibly and how they make it work. By sharing these stories, we hope to inspire others looking to work flexibly or are just starting out. This is the last episode of this season. I've had so much fun talking to a variety of people and I cannot thank my guests enough for their time uh, and for sharing their stories. I'm taking a break from recording over the summer. However, I would still love to hear from you. So do get in touch. My email is podcast at digitalseamstress.co.uk. I'd love to hear your thoughts and how these stories have inspired you. And if you have any ideas for guests for me to interview, I'd love to hear from you. Happy listening. Hi, Natalie. How are you? Hi, Tara. I'm really good, thank you. Sitting in the garden, enjoying this lovely sunny weather. Oh, brilliant. That is the beauty of being able to work flexibly, I suppose. Absolutely. Enjoy. <laughs> the British summer weather when it actually arrives. When it appears. Yes. yes. So, can you explain to the listeners what you do? Yeah, certainly. So, I'm a lifestyle coach and I predominantly focus on supporting stressed and burned out women because I was one, so I burned out myself twice. And um, it comes with a whole host of problems, like stress is a huge impact on physical and mental health and so I help women to identify their sources of stress and then help them to remove them from their life or have better coping skills because stress is all about the way in which we choose to carry the load so sometimes if you can look at it differently you can carry it differently. Oh and how do you do that then? So I use a two-pronged approach so I will help people from a physical aspect in terms of diet, eating habits, movement, but also through addressing beliefs. So our beliefs are really just strongly held opinions. It doesn't mean that they're a fact, but often we will treat them as if they are a fact. And we have limiting and empowering beliefs. So um, some of the limiting beliefs that I had were that I was not very clever, that I was not very interesting, that I wasn't lovable, and that I wasn't worthy. And these are the beliefs that I had that led me to live my life in the way that I did. So I became a perfectionist and a a workaholic and this eventually led to my burnout. So through addressing people's beliefs, in particular their limiting beliefs and helping them to switch them to empowering beliefs, it helps them to carry that load differently. Oh my goodness, I I think loads of stuff that you just said there would really resonate with other, probably not just women, it's probably men and women. To be honest with you, I I do coach men and women, but from a business perspective, it makes sense to have a specific audience so that when I'm sharing content and so on, that I'm talking to a specific person. I often get people saying, oh, stop talking about me, or that's exactly me. And that's exactly why I, I have such a, a focused niche, I think. Yeah, but it totally makes sense, though. It's a very common theme that I've had in other podcasts, too, about having that ideal customer avatar. Yes. Talk to. Oh, amazing. And so you mentioned that you burnt out twice. Yeah. So the first time you burnt out, 
did you deal with it differently to the second time you did Huberta? I did. So I am 37, almost 38, and when I was 23, I was diagnosed with an underactive thyroid. It's, um, I didn't know it at the time, but it's actually autoimmune. So my body attacks my thyroid, and that's why it no longer works as well as it should do. And there's a whole host of symptoms that come with an underactive thyroid. So you can feel extremely tired, even after excessive amounts of sleep. Your metabolism slows down, so you gain weight. Just generally, your immune system is pretty poor, so you're feeling like one day you've got a headache or a sore throat. I was really quite bloated. I had very itchy skin, very bad digestion. And I would just generally go through periods where I felt pretty rubbish, and then I would feel a bit better, and then I'd feel rubbish again. And that, that happened over a decade, really, so over 10 years. Uh, and it was gradually getting worse. But because these things kind of creep in one at a time, it's not like all of those symptoms arrived in one day. They happen over weeks, months, and years. You, you just start to accept them as your new normal and you yeah. just cope with them. And I think your body kind of says, okay, coping, coping, coping. And then it says, I've had enough. So I was exhausted. I had chronic fatigue and I was just ruined really. Like I had a headache every day, a sore throat every day. Um, and just generally felt pretty rubbish, like quite close to death. And um, I had panic attacks because heart palpitations are also an underactive thyroid symptom. And I basically, I had come home um, from a day in London with my, because I was working for an investment company at the time, I'd come home to rest and I noticed my heart was pounding really fast and I tried to ignore it and anyway it led to a panic attack and I went to go and see the doctor and she offered me antidepressants and that really annoyed me because as far as I was concerned the issue was with my body and not with my mind and it led me to go and do a whole load of research and that's when I learned that actually the majority of people with an underactive thyroid it's autoimmune which means my body's attacking itself and if I can figure out why it's attacking itself then I can reduce the attack and therefore stop losing function of my thyroid over the rest of my life. So I went hard at it with food. I put myself on something called the autoimmune protocol, um, which removes all inflammatory foods from the diet. So gluten, all grains, dairy, legumes, and nightshades. That's beans, peas, seeds, nuts, chilies, peppers, aubergines, tomatoes, potatoes. So a whole host of foods that I had to remove. And I saw significant pickup in my health. I dropped a lot of weight, which was actually water retention and inflammation. My energy improved a bit, but not lots. Um, and I just generally felt a bit better, but I was still very, very rough. And so I employed a naturopath. Um, so that's like a nutritionist that has the aim of restoring the body without the need for drugs or surgery. And she helped me to really work on my diet, but also I was someone that never rested. So to take time out, to do yoga, to go for a walk. And I did get a lot better. So I was in a really bad way and I probably got 80% better through approaching my diet and some kind of movement and relaxation and I went back to work full time and to life really I even went off there with the yeah. girls and stuff and I didn't have to be so strict on my sleeping and my food and I was feeling pretty great uh, and then I crashed and burned again and that's I didn't know it at the time but later realized that's because I hadn't addressed the underlying limiting beliefs which were leading me to be in a constant state of stress so I'll give you an example if I think that I'm not very likeable and that I'm not very smart and that I'm boring, sitting in a boardroom with a team of 20 people and the boss says, all right, I want your opinion on this, I then start to go into overdrive because I'm afraid of what to say. Okay, so I say something stupid, I can't think of something. And then because I've got this whole dialogue going on in my head about not saying something stupid or what should I say, 
I then didn't listen to what else was said in the room and now I can't say anything because somebody else might have already said it and I would look stupid because I didn't hear it. And now I'm worried about sounding like a mute and that I've got no opinions because I've got nothing to say. So that's just an example of the kind of daily stress that I was experiencing. When we're stressed, our body produces hormones called cortisol and adrenaline. And over time, if these are elevated on an ongoing chronic basis, then that starts to impact your immune system, which is why I was having such issues with my autoimmune thyroid condition. So the first time was very much about food and the second time yeah. was continuing with the food but addressing my underlying beliefs, therefore my actual causes for stress in my life. Oh wow. So did something, did you happen to just meet someone who kind of like helped you bring that to light or, I don't, or was it just by accident that you found, you thought oh I'm just going to look at the well, combination really. So I found the naturopath through online research when the doctor tried to palm me off with antidepressants mm. and I came across the concept sometimes known as a functional medicine doctor or a naturopathic uh, doctor. Um, and she does some mindset stuff. So she was kind of talking to me about needing to rest and to be able to do it from a, a guilt-free angle rather than sitting still but feeling like I should be doing something else. And then when I crashed and burned the second time, I just, I was so low and so desperate that I decided I wanted a life coach and I wanted it to be a man because I just wanted someone to tell me what the hell to do so I could get on with my life. And that's when I came across um, a gentleman called Lewis Raymond Taylor, who is actually um, a business and mindset coach. And um, I liked him because I knew at this point that I wouldn't be able to continue with my corporate job and that I wanted to transition into a job that was more suitable to the energy that I had at that time. And I'd obviously developed this huge passion for helping people to heal their body um, because I'd done it myself to a degree. And so I had one week of business coaching with him and then three weeks of mindset coaching with his associate, which is a female, but she's like me, she's very to the point and very direct, which is what which is what was the appeal to a man in the first place, I guess. Um, and that was repeated over three months. And it was through that process that I learned I had all of these limiting beliefs. And so where your thyroid sits in your throat. And I used to get this feeling of like a golf ball appearing. It would just suddenly appear or that somebody was pushing on my windpipe. And I didn't know this until much later, but this was actually all of my unsaid hurts, grievances, disappointments. And when I started to unpick everything that had gone on in my life, my childhood, things that had happened in my adult life, the people that I dated, the relationships with my parents, I realized that once I'd said it all, if there was ever a time that I didn't say something I was feeling, that is when I would get the swelling in my thyroid. So I'm a huge believer that every physical ailment has an emotional root. We often think of the brain and the body being two separate entities, but they're not, one drives the other. So that stress was creating a physical response in my body. Yeah. So it's very much, in some ways, linked to emotional intelligence. I mean, normally that's used when you're working in a team or working with other people, but part of that is also having this self-awareness of yourself. Absolutely. And sometimes you, react. you need someone else to pull it out of you because we only right. know what we know. 
I didn't realize, you know, 5% of your brain is conscious and 95% of it is subconscious. So it took for somebody else to help me to pull it out of my subconscious so that I can become aware of it and deal with it. Yeah. So, because you have a Facebook community and I sometimes get your videos on the feed and um, you talk about pretty much all of what you've just said but in a lot more detail and you always came across very knowledgeable when I watched those videos and it's brilliant and what I didn't realise is because the way we know each other oh maybe I should give the listeners a bit of backstory so the way we know each other is we used to go to school together we did a long time ago a very long time ago and um and it's funny how some of the things you said because I've got similar thoughts in that we used to give you a lift to school we did and we were awful because my my parents we had uh, they had four children so you had to squish into a little car <laughs> the rest of my siblings they would always be like crying or whining or something we were always late and I used to sit in the car thinking oh my goodness Natalie must hate us we no we, not we true uh, we're horrible brats <laughs> we're like squished in this car that never once crossed my mind and this is what I mean by we believe things and we take them to be facts but they're not facts yeah. because my opinion of that was completely nasty different oh okay and then um, and then we um, saw each other again because we started doing like the body jam and body balance yes. classes um, at the local gym and that was great and at that time because I had all that um, perception from before I was thinking oh she must think I'm the one like <laughs> that girl was really annoying <laughs> it was squished in the car and then like because there was like a little gang as well that we there was always the regular people who went to those classes weren't yeah. there and um, you were um, you were really close to them weren't you so and I, I used to chat to them just because they used to be there every single week but I had no idea. So at that time, you would have been going through all of this, the food, um, trialing, looking at your health. Definitely. And that whole thing about not being interesting and not being very smart. So you mm. think that I was quite close to all those people, but I used to be yeah. petrified turning up to those classes by myself. I really had to push myself what? to go and do that. Oh, no. And I was really happy whenever I saw you. Oh. And then I don't wonder why you because you were really good at the classes and I always wondered why you always stood at the back of the class I was like I need to look at what you're doing Ah, (laughs) it's funny though we have these perceptions of ourselves and usually it's not what other people think no oh that's yeah so that's um but I just also I would never have known because obviously you'd gone to those classes and you were well trained in uh, whatever we were doing at the time I just thought you were very co- I, you came across very confident so I had no idea any of this was happening I was quite good at that fake that. it till you make it right oh, oh no it's, like, it's absolutely fascinating so how do you work flexibly then oh yeah so well I'm a lifestyle coach so I have to set the example and live the life that I want to lead that you know lets me live my happiest life really so um, it depends so I tend to run 12-week programs with clients so if I take on a whole load of clients I tend to find that they want specific days of the week 
So at the moment I have a Monday and a Thursday where I don't do any coaching. So I can either go off and do something fun or relax, or I can, you know, catch up on the kind of admin business stuff. So then I'll coach the other days of the week. Because my target audience are professional women, they tend to be in the office Monday to Friday. So weekends are actually some of my busiest days. Um, but I work from home, so if some of my clients are local, then they will come to my house or I might go and see them. But otherwise, I tend to do it all via Zoom call. So I can do it from anywhere in the world, which means I've got that laptop lifestyle. I can do it from my garden, my kitchen, a cafe. I can do it from a board. Um, and that's really what gives me the flexibility to do it. Because when I first looked at becoming a lifestyle coach, I thought I might build some sort of hut in my garden where people could come and visit. My business coach said, well, why, why would you spend all of that money when you can do it via video and from anywhere in the world? And I was like, yep, that is exactly what I'm doing. So I actually, I've made my kitchen, so I've got quite a big kitchen with a dining area and I've made that into my office area because I like to be able to look out into the garden and see nature whilst I'm on a call. Oh, that's brilliant. Um, oh, I wonder like, I'm going to have a nose at your Facebook page to see if I can see in the kitchen. You should. Um, <laughs> and that, that's brilliant. That's the beauty of the technology that we have now. Absolutely. And I have an online calendar, which means that I can set my working hours. So, for example, mm-hmm. I would be free all day Saturday for people to go in and book me. And it gives me like a 15-minute slot in between. I'm available Sunday till lunchtime. And then maybe one day I'm free from eight and another day I'm free from midday, depending what other commitments I have because yeah. I'm part of a, an entrepreneur mastermind. Um, so yeah, that online diary really allows me to set the hours that I want to work in. Okay. So how do you deal with the challenge of, because you're, you technically could be accessible at any time, and like you said, your your main clients are those professional women who work full time. Yeah. How do you manage your day so that you're not working all the time? Because that's something that's a challenge I have. I I don't think I found the right balance yet. Well, given I mentioned I was a perfectionist and a workaholic, in the beginning I'd be working all hours. Um, but what I've learned is that you don't have to work harder, you need to work smarter. So coming back to that limiting beliefs, right? One of my beliefs is that in order to earn more, I have to work harder. And then I can either go at that hammer and tongs or other times I might be a bit fearful of doing that because I'm afraid of burning out again. So then it can affect your motivation levels. Um, but actually I've learned that I just need to work smarter, not harder. So if I don't know how to do something, I'll insource the expertise. You know, why make loads of mistakes when I can employ someone to show me the benefit of their learnings already but really my clients won't book me in today for tomorrow it's very rare a lot of them okay. if they're on a 12-week program they'll book you know the next four or five weeks up and it tends to be the same time every Wednesday for example hmm. um, so I get blocks throughout the day I might have three or four coaching sessions and then in between I might eat or go for a walk and then other days like Monday and Thursday um, it's really my own time and I can write myself a to-do list but also block out time to do nothing because one of my lifestyle coaching tips is to block out your day. So I used to create these to-do lists that if I had put time blocks next to them would have taken me three days but actually I'd expected myself to get it done in the one day and then when I didn't I'd be disappointed and that was just another 
chip on my shoulder, another knock in my confidence that actually I wasn't that good at what I do. So now I will create to-do lists and I will time block it. So task A from 9 till 10.30, 10.30 to 11, I might take a break and go for a walk. And then from 11 to 1, I'll do task B. So I actually can figure out what is reasonable to achieve in any given time frame. Oh, that's similar to what I do as well. Do I you? chunk my tasks, yeah. And um, I use Alexa as well. Oh, yep, oh she didn't do you? Um, to remind me to... So if I block, if I do a chunk of time, like an hour slot for whatever task I'm doing, I will set... I don't want to say Alexa, she might turn off. I forgot to turn her off before I started this recording. She had a random um, habit of just shouting out, doesn't she? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking to you now. Um, yes, yeah, so I will time her to turn, to give me a reminder at 45 minutes, and then that's where I will wrap it up and make sure I've got the task in, in a position where it's almost perfect, but good enough. Or, yeah, perfect doesn't um, exist illusion yeah or and most of the time I get the task done and it probably is because I've said right I've only got 15 minutes it's not quite perfect but my client would be able to make this decision because they have this they have x y and z to help them make that decision and and it really helped me was done is better than perfect okay then but then but then you have to like change your perception of what is done <laughs> yeah this is true I mean if you're a perfectionist you're not going to do a shoddy job anyway yeah this is true this is true um ah oh, so this is interesting so a lot of people that I talk to are probably um mothers who haven't worked for years because yeah. they've had children and now they're coming up to school age and they feel like oh okay I can take on work now but because financially they need to work how could you help them then so well confidence so I actually have um I'll take a client as an example she's a self-employed photographer with two young children and she really suffered with her confidence so that's an area that I helped her but also in organising her week. So I shared something that I do, which is I have a, a running to-do list. Then I'll transfer it into a weekly planner with time blocking. So getting her into the habit of doing that so she knows what is possible, what is not. Um, and sharing some of my business skills, I suppose, which I've picked up along the way because I was employed and then become self-employed. It's a whole different ball game. So sharing that knowledge um, but really just supporting them from a, an emotional perspective, I think is how you do it. So as an example, I was so fearful of doing Facebook Lives. I had such fear over it. If you think back to my limiting belief that I'm boring, my fear was that I would turn up, that nobody else would turn up, and that would prove to me that I was boring. So I had such fear about doing them, but having a coach enabled me to push through that fear, to support me, to hold me accountable. That's the other key thing terms of supporting people that might be going back to work is holding them accountable because you've either got to turn up the next week and say yeah I did it or I didn't and if you didn't there's always a reason why and it's about exploring well what is that reason what's the underlying fear or objection what's the thing that's holding me back and then working through it ah okay that's good and then um, I'll give you another example Uh, I have because I it's not just one person there's always more than one person it's part of the reason why I started the podcast who have similar situations so um 
one is her mother is on maternity she's going back to work but she's thinking of other options because she's got two young children and she's thinking about okay how would flexible working work for her in that situation would you take a different approach to the to the last example i gave you to flexible working uh, for somebody else or for themselves uh for themselves well well it could be both can it because you could do flexi could... hours working for somebody Hmm. Yeah. Uh, so I so guess yeah. like part of the journey is working out what is their why and absolutely it's totally nothing that understanding your values what is important to you in life so for me it's contribution I want to be able to help people and making sure that your life is aligned to those values because when we're not aligned to what's important to us that's where discontentment and unfulfillment comes in yeah and it's kind of it's yeah there's a lot also it's not easy is it you, it's not I don't know when I've done exercises like that I don't find I think I know what my why is now but before it it wasn't overnight it kind of had like I had to revisit my notes or my drawings whatever I did to try and find my why it took a while so I guess like with someone like you you could help someone with that process that's what I'm guessing absolutely like, have you heard of the wheel of life the what the what of life the wheel of life mm, no not the game oh no <laughs> game of life which had a wheel <laughs> no it's the no. wheel of life it's the, the wheel of thing, life actually Oh, um, okay, go on. Basically what you do is I have a template where we will, in our initial breakthrough session, work out eight areas of their life they want to work on. And it can be more or less, but you know, eight's a good starting point. So that could be confidence, career, family life, relationship, more fun, traveling, fun and adventure as examples. It could be religion and spirituality as well. Uh, financial situation so we'll work out the key areas of their life and we would rate that on a scale of one to ten with ten being good today how are you fixed today and then we will look at well what does ten out of ten actually look at like because people don't necessarily know what they're aiming for so what does ten out of ten look like what does it feel like so if if being fit was one of your areas you wanted to work on it would look like working out regularly going to the gym three times a week and it would feel like um, energetic, fit, healthy, and waking up with loads of energy. Mm. So in terms of what does it look like, what does it feel like, what does it sound like? Because what the mind can conceive, it can achieve, and we want to really just picture it so that we know what we're aiming for. And then we would come up with, because I tend to attract people that were like me, so perfectionists, um, and people want to go from a 2 to a 10 overnight. When they don't get that 2 to a 10, they think, well, it's not working, and then they give up. So actually, I bring back their expectations. What do we need to do to get from a 2 to a 3? Then we can go and look at what from a 3 to a 4, but incremental steps, because I think that's the way to get lasting change. Right, so before we share how people can find you, you mentioned the Enterprise Mastermind. Can you yes. go through what that is? I think yeah, that sure. So the mindset coach that I mentioned at the beginning, Lewis Raymond Taylor, he runs an entrepreneur mastermind called Hunger Start Accelerator. And this is a monthly subscription. There's no tie-in. You can cancel at any time. But it's just a really 
great community of entrepreneurs that want to help support and inspire others and receive the same in return and it has a, a really great structure so every Sunday we hold a two calls to allow for different schedules of people's lives two calls to set goals so you come along set your goals for the week so you're being held accountable it'll be posted in the group so other people have seen them and we're, in that session we'll also run through the goals that you set the week before so if you've achieved them which people tend to do when you've committed to them publicly we will give you a round of applause so it's like a nice little boost a little incentive to kind of keep going and then every Tuesday, um, the gentleman that runs it will do an obstacle handling session. So again, there's two of those. So it might be, I said, I'm going to do a live this week, but I just can't do it. Or it might be that you want to set up some sort of payment service. You don't know how to do that. Or you want to increase your social media, any aspect of running a business, really. But also personal aspects, because if you don't believe in yourself, how can you put yourself out there to potential clients and how can you increase your prices if you don't believe that you're worth it so you'll also handle mindset obstacles as well and then on a Wednesday we'll have some sort of training whether that be how to gather LinkedIn presence how to run a Facebook group how to have a productive morning all sorts of stuff but just general tips to help you build your business and uh, from a personal aspect and then on Thursday uh, he interviews an entrepreneur and shares their their journey and their story really but outside of that it's like a family so there's um, chats and uh, groups and stuff and you know the people run a 6am club and it's just all sorts of stuff to help and inspire each other and it's amazing and they're the family that I chose is the way that I'd like yeah. to put it you know oh wow it sounds like a really good support network and that's one of the other themes that have come across in all the other podcasts that I've done is that going out on it on your own or working flexibly what's really important is having a really good support network so but it's good to know that there's a different way of getting that absolutely and I haven't even got to leave my house it's all done by video call and you know it's really convenient if I'm on the road I can do it from there as well and it is really important as you say because I used to work in a big office you know in a sales team so it was always buzzing and humming in the room and then suddenly you're at home all by yourself and it is quite a stark change yeah um so it's helpful to prevent the loneliness but also when you're at home you can easily get distracted with the washing or you know, cooking or something and but actually posting your goals and being held accountable is what keeps you on track to get them done oh yeah definitely i definitely. want that clap every week <laughs> <laughs> why do you round of applause yeah we get everyone <laughs> to unmute you know about 30 people applauding you no way yeah. 30 people yeah oh wow i was at um the national freelancers day event last week last thursday okay. uh, in know about that. oh yeah it's really good you should go next year the food is good yeah, uh, <laughs> it's not just that we had um a talk at, uh, there was um a speaker at the beginning of the day and a speaker at the end. The speaker at the beginning of the day, I can't remember her surname, but her name's Pip and she's the CEO of The Dots. And her talk was amazing. Um, she's truly inspirational. And I, like, I love her bio. It's something like, um, she's a mathematician, but delightfully dyslexic. And you're like, oh wow, like that's not a typical CEO to share their weakness but when she speaks she speaks like a normal not normal but just like down to earth you, down to earth that's it yeah and um 
just brilliant and one of the things she said is never underestimate the power of the cube and what she meant by that was she said that if you have a network of at least eight people and you do what you 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 were talking about in terms of um just talking through challenges you have and having goals and oh the key thing she said is that no one else is in that cube is allowed to give advice to someone else unless they've been through it and when you talk about not solutions you talk about okay i've come across that challenge too and this is how i dealt with it rather than telling someone okay this is what you got to do yeah and just sharing said, your experience yeah and she said that the people who work in the power of cube basically are more successful so yeah very similar concept i like that and you talked yeah. about vulnerability um and how that is quite rare and that's something that I've had to kind of get my head around because we have this, you know, inbuilt human thing that I must be okay all the time and keep it together, which is, you know, you said you see me in those workout classes and I seem really confident and that's because I put on the persona that I thought was expected of me. So are you familiar with Brene Brown? No. No? Okay, so she's a researcher of vulnerability and shame and she talks a lot about vulnerability and um, it feels kind of awkward at first, but actually I've got to say my life is in tenfold just by learning to be vulnerable and say hey do you know what I'm struggling a bit today or letting other people know that it's okay not to be okay all the time so I think it's really important just to show that you are human and that we do have ups and downs in life and so I really respect that CEO for saying that oh wow does she do TED talks then yes she does that's how she got famous yeah oh and so did you read a book of hers or I've read a few of them. I'm currently listening to one called The Gifts of Imperfection. Mm-hmm. That's a really good one, but that's how she shot to fame through a TED Talk. So she talks oh. about this feeling of shame because she did TED Talk and she thought, okay, maybe 500 people will watch it. And she was yep. talking to her friend the next day and actually it was like more like 5 million people watched it and she just felt so shameful oh. that so many people were going to see it. So she's, she's kind of talking about real life experiences of experiencing shame. It's a really good analogy. I've got a bit tangent here, but when you feel guilt, that's shame of something you did to somebody else, something I did wrong. And yeah. shame is actually, I am wrong. There's something wrong with me. And that's that feeling of shame. And that's why we hide and we pretend to be okay when we're not. Okay. And then, but then it's that perception again. So yes. you've probably perceived that you've done something wrong, whereas other people haven't. don't think so at all I think probably don't even have a second thought yeah oh no I think that's completely relevant and um I think as someone who's working flexibly or freelancing you do get yeah you get all those feelings like I think I'm trying to think of my last example of shame I guess like there was a time where I had lots of leads and I kind of hedged my bets where I had one lead where I thought oh yeah I really want to work for this client and I would want to fully commit my week to them so I kind of said to another client oh actually I can't commit to the three days that I originally thought when we had conversations two months ago it's more like one day a week yeah and then they kind of they turned around and basically went okay well we're not interested then and I was quite shocked at first and I was like oh 
and then like as in there wasn't really any more further discussion and then I thought oh and in some ways there's a feeling of shame like in terms of oh did I do something wrong yeah like um should I have not approached it that way like I didn't expect it to come off and then what impact what impounded it even more was that the next day the client that I really wanted to work with decided to outsource oh, no. to India and I was like well I can't compete with that oh they'd be left with nothing yeah I was left with nothing and so that impounded it all and it but really then, knocks your confidence doesn't it and if you're at home yeah. alone with these thoughts all by yourself they become bigger and bigger and bigger and that's why yeah. it's important to have that network that cube so that you can share these things with people to to be vulnerable and to share what you're going through so they can support you through it and then just to finish off that story two months later the client came back and said oh can you come back at have you got any availability? Did they? And instead of saying, okay, we need you to work three or four days a week, they said, oh, do you have any availability? We we need help. Wow. Uh, but at that time, I'd found work. So I was like, no, sorry. No, nope, too so, late. <laughs> yeah, so, so it was such, yeah, it was it's such a complete turnaround from feeling that, the shame of feeling like I'd done something wrong. To, and actually, oh, you hadn't because they clearly wanted to work with you. <laughs> yeah, it was just probably the cons at the time. But you don't realise that at the time, though, do you? Just no, you don't. And also, that person can be having a bad day. You just don't know about it, do you? You take it out on you. No. Oh, brilliant. So you'll have to send me all the links to these people and the um, audio book you're listening to. Yes. So put them in the show notes. And um, I think... I, I feel after talking to you, I think, oh yeah, I could benefit with some Natalie time. So <laughs> if anyone else listening feels like they could do with some Natalie time, um, where can they find you? So you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, and LinkedIn. And I also have a website, which is www.natalieshaw.com, where you can find all of the details of what I do, a bit about my backstory, so my journey with my, my health mentally and physically. And yeah, or you know, feel free to drop me a message via any of those channels, and I'd be happy to have a chat with you. Oh, brilliant! And then I might ask you to do me a favour. So today is my one-year anniversary of congratulations, seamstress. Thank you. Uh, so I put a video. So you know how you were saying um, you found it difficult to do Facebook lives. Yes. And I've been struggling too for months to do any videos or anything like that. So I've done like an Instagram, um, is it a feed thing or stories? A story, stories. Yeah. Instagram stories, video type thing. Um, talk about myself and what I'm about. Uh, yeah, it'll be good to see what you think. Um, oh, I'll go and check it I'm out for you. It. Thanks, I'm going to save it on the highlights. Um, but yes, it's the first time I've ever done anything like that. But I felt really vulnerable and really like... I'm putting myself out there but I know I need to because nobody knows I'm here it's that fear of judgment <laughs> isn't it it is yeah definitely. I guarantee you your harshest judge will be you no okay then I hope that is true <laughs> <laughs> oh brilliant oh it's been brilliant talking to you Natalie and you um, good to catch up with you yeah you too all right take care go and celebrate bye. your one year anniversary yes I will yeah I'm cracking take over the wine okay, bye bye
As always, if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, share with others and rate on iTunes. I would love to hear from you, whether it's uh, feedback or if you've got any ideas for guests or anyone you think would be good on the show, let me know. You can email me on podcast at digitalseamstress.co.uk. You can also follow me on Instagram at the handle at wemakeitwork underscore. You can also search for us on LinkedIn Uh, with we make it work podcast i also have another feature where you can leave an audio message for me which i can then include in the show i would love for you to take part in the show in this way so to do that you need to go to anchor.fm slash we make it work with dashes in between the words we make it work forward slash message so just to clarify i'll spell out the whole url it's uh, anchor.fm forward slash we dash make dash it dash work forward slash message and that they'll be in the show notes anyway the url and uh thank you for listening and bye